Welcome back to night. Damn it, fucking. My headset got stuck. God. There we go. I got it. Okay. Welcome back to Night Swims, a podcast hosted. Move these wires by two idiots who think they know everything about mysteries, mysteries, conspiracies, and strange phenomena. I am Jackson. We're. We're back. Douglas is in the kitchen eating crawdads out the patty, y'all. And I just had a couple. They're spicy. And now I'm sitting here getting ready to tell you guys my topic, which is going to be, excuse me, something very, in- something very interesting and mysterious. And then, uh, yeah. Okay. All right, so we're back. I said we're back. Uh, We're at number six for the year, 52 by June 15th. Not looking too impossible. Six in January. I said not looking too impossible. Douglas has got this new look going where he has these new glasses because he's blind and he's... He's got this look going that is somewhere between rocker and librarian lesbian. Yeah, y'all can't stop me. I think that's uh, Macklemore. I don't know what you're talking about. Like the ceiling can't hold us. Okay. I don't know. I have some jerky, too. Okay. Let me clear out some stuff. Do you have anything you want to talk about before? Oh, wait. I think I I actually have something. Ex or former Canadian uh, defense minister coming out about aliens. No, I missed that. Oh, what really, happened with that? It really wasn't that big. But what? Okay, well, what what happened with that? Um, so he basically came out. It seemed kind of fake. Uh huh. But um, he basically came out and said, I, "This was just a video on like Daily Mail." Um. That there are, in fact, I think he said okay, about don't 80... don't be chewing in the microphone. I can hear it. About 80 s- different species of uh, aliens living amongst among us. And then four of those species working with the U.S. Air Force in Nevada. Or three. The Nordic Blondes, is what, what one, one was called. The Tall Whites and the Short Greys. Are the That's ones working. three. Yeah. You said four. I, I said four and then corrected myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he said, um, well, this is why I thought it was fake, because he's like, we need to stop, you know, quarreling with each other or else, like, they're, they have some tech they want to share with us, but we have to stop quarreling with each other for them to share it with us. That's why I thought it was, like, fake, a little fake. But yeah, it really wasn't big news. Okay. Because I found out about it on TikTok. Talk tick. And yeah. I have one. You have one? Yeah. Lay it on us. Okay. Please don't chew in the mic or else I'm going to take my headphones off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was Jackson. I was setting up a joke. So, an Oklahoma lawmaker wants to see a Bigfoot hunting season created in his state and has pitched a bill in the hope of making it a reality. Republican Justin Humphrey introduced House Bill 1648, urging the Oklahoma Wildlife Conservation Commission, or the ALC, to establish a Bigfoot 
hunting season. But why in Oklahoma? I don't know. There's like nothing there. Um, if the bill, if the act were passed, it would come into force from November of this year. A decision will be made once the Oklahoma legislature begins sitting tomorrow, February 1st. This is old. This is from January 23rd. Hmm. Oh, wow. This is old. Um, that was it. Like I just 2020? Was, huh? 2020 or? 2021. Oh, so not that old. No, I'm like, you know what I mean? Yeah, why Oklahoma? I don't know. I, I thought that the most Bigfoot sightings was like the northwest region of the U.S. That's, uh-huh. what, that's what you said in your uh, Bigfoot episode like two years ago. Yeah, well, I don't know. today I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing um, another... I just lost my train of thought completely. Yeah, I watched Reset. That. I watched it derail. Okay. Well, the reason I brought that up, mm-hmm. and it's funny that you said... What did I say? Would you shut up, Sirens? Rude. Uh, that you said Bigfoot, because today I'm doing... You said Bigfoot. <laughs> I didn't say Bigfoot. You did earlier. When? When you were talking about the episode, my old episode, my old Bigfoot episode. Well, the reason I told that because you. I know it was it was up. funny that you mentioned that <laughs> because today we'll roll with it. <laughs> I'm covering the Yeti. Oh. Or the abominable, ab- ab- the abominable s- snowman. Apparently, people think it's apparently abominable. It's abominable. abominable. Yeah. Abominable. Abominate. Like abomination. Yeah. Um, Did you hear that? That was you. Okay. Hold the mic away from you until you talk. No, that was just my throat making a noise. I know. Your your whole body makes weird noises. Just pull it away. That's my shirt. Just pull it away. Anyways. And then when you need to talk, you pull it. Where's your um soundboard? Where is my soundboard? I don't know. Are you going to go no. get it? Yeah. All right. Well, so I'm we're talking s- about Snow Squatch? The Yeti, okay. yes. Uh, I'll go get the soundboard. First board. things first. Ow. In Himalayan folklore, the Yeti is a monstrous creature. That's it? The en- oh, the entity would later come to be referred to as the abominable snowman in Western pop culture. The names Yeti and Mete are commonly used by the people indigenous to the region and are part of their folk beliefs. Stories of the Yeti first emerged as a facet of Western popular culture in the 19th century. The scientific community has generally regarded the Yeti as the result of a complex of intricate folk beliefs rather than a large ape-like creature. Um, the so word Yeti... basically fake? Is maybe, that what that means? Uh, yeah. Etymology and alternative names. Uh, the word Yeti is derived from Tibetan, Wiley... Uh, Okay, that's actually confusing. Other terms used by Himalayan people to that do not refer to the exactly the same. Oh my God! Let me reset. Yep, yep. Back it up. Um, other terms used by Himalayan peoples do not translate exactly the same, but refer to legendary and indigenous wildlife. We have Michi, which means man bear. Uh, Zute, which means cattle. Or cattle bear, Migoi, or Migo. Spell that. M I G O I. Wow. Wild man, Bun Manchi, is Nepali for jungle man. Murka is wild man. 
This is crazy. Kang, Admi, Snowman, and oh. and Zurin, which is Chinese, also means snowman. Thank you. Uh, oh, in Russian folklore, the Chuchuna is an entity said to dwell in Siberia and has been described as six to seven feet tall and covered with dark hair. According to the... Na- Don't overdo it. According to the native accounts from the nomadic Yakut and Tungus tribe, it is a well-built Neanderthal-like man wearing pelts and bearing a white patch of fur on its forearms. It's said to occasionally consume human flesh, unlike their close cousins, the Almastis, which are purely vegan. Can we turn some lights on or something? Yeah, sure. Do whatever. I'm going to try and not have a A spaz attack or a stroke while reading. I don't feel like getting up. Some Some witnesses reported seeing a tail on the creature's corpse. It is described as being roughly six to seven feet tall. There are additional tales of large bipedal seldom seen creatures, Worldwide, the most notable ones being Bigfoot and, of course, the Abominable Snowman. Now, where does the name Abominable come from, you may ask? Comic books. Uh, no. no. The name Abominable Snowman. Abominable. Co- it's Abominable. <laughs> yeah. Was coined in 1921, the year Lieutenant Colonel Charles Howard Burry, Barry, led the 1921 British Mount Everest Reconnaissance Expedition, which he chronicled in the Mount Everest... Oh, which he chronicled in Mount Everest, the reconnaissance, 1921. In the book, uh, he includes an account of crossing the Lapkala, which is, as we all know... A river? I, or a mountain range? It, I don't know what it is. It, uh, I clicked the link, but it's too much reading. So we don't know what it is? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, where they found footprints he believed were probably caused by a large loping gray wolf which in the soft snow formed double tracks rather than those of a barefooted man. He adds that his Sherpa guides at once volunteered that the tracks must be that of the wild man of the snow, to which they gave him the name Meto Kongmi, uh, man bear. And man bear pig. Meto Kongmi means, er, Meto means man bear and Kongmi translates to snowman. So man bear snowman. Uh, confusion exists between Howard Burry, Barry's re- re- recite. Getting a phone call from your significant other. Oh God! Okay, click the click the R button on my laptop. There's R button. A B. There it is. Oh, uh, sorry about that. We're, let me get comfortable. Oh God! We're back. Um. So yes, uh, Meto. Oh, confusion exists between Howard Burry's re- re- recitation of the term Meto Kongmi and the term used in Bill Tillman's book Mount Everest, 1938, where, where Tillman had used the words Mech, which does not exist in the Tibetan language, and Kongmi when relating the coining of the term Abominable Snowman. Further evidence of Mech being a misnomer. It's provided by Tibetan language authority professor David Snellgrove from the School of Oriental and African Studies at the University of London, uh, who dismissed the word mech as impossible because the consonants TCH cannot be conjoined in the Tibetan language. Interesting. Uh, the use of it. Okay. I don't care about history of the name anymore. We're going to history. According to H. Seeger, 
The Yeti was part of the pre-Buddhist beliefs of several Himalayan people. He was told that the Lepcha people worshipped a glacier being as a god of the hunt. He also reported that the followers of the Bon religion once believed the blood of the Meerkat. No, it's no. it's me, but then the other word is Urgod, R-G-O-D, me, Urgod, or wild man, had use in certain mystical ceremonies. The being was depicted as an ape-like creature who carries a large stone as a weapon and makes a whistling whoosh now, sound. A swoosh sound. Can you do that sound? I was going to ask you to do it because yeah. you're the sound man. I don't have a whoosh sound. Well, I, wasn't, I was asking for you to think, do one on the spot. Whistling? I can't whistle, though. It's not a whistling. You said a whistling. Oh, it is sound. a whistle. It's a whistling swoosh. You know, you know I can't whistle. <sighs> See it. In 1832. I try. Hold on. Yeah, make sure you wet your mouth right in the mic before you whistle. I'm, I'm about to throw up. Close enough. In 1832, James Princeps Journal of the Asiatic Society of Bengal. I'm. I feel like I'm. I, I'm having a stroke right now while I'm reading, and I don't know why. Uh, Published trekker B. H. Hodgson's account of his experiences in northern Nepal. His locals guide his local guide spotted a tall bipedal creature covered with long dark hair, which you know what bipedal means? Two feet. There you go. Uh, well, they walk on two feet. Which seemed to feet. flee in fear. Hodgson concluded it was an orangutan. Okay. Uh, <laughs> an early record of reported footprints <laughs> appeared in 1899 in Lawrence Waddles among the Himalayas. Waddle reported his guide's description of a large ape-like creature that left the prints, which Waddle thought were made by a bear. Uh, he, he heard stories of bipedal ape-like creatures, but wrote that none, however, of the many Tibetans I have interrogated on this subject could give me an authentic case. On the most superficial inst- investigation, it always resolved into something that somebody heard tell of. Uh, 20th century. The frequency the of word repo- of mouth stories. Yeah. Mm. The frequency of reports increased during the early 20th century when Westerners began making determined attempts to scale the many mountains in the area and occasionally reported seeing odd creatures or strange tracks. Here's a photo I'll send to you. Hold on. Share. Douglas. Oh, I think I just airdropped it to you. Oh. Oh. It's my iPad. Huh. Let's see. Oh, that's a photograph. Um, it, this is That's from oh, 1937. I'm not there yet. Footprints? Yeah. Uh, in 1925, N.A. Tambazi, a photographer of, of, and member of the World Geographical Society, writes that he saw a creature at about 15,000 feet near Zimu Glacier. Tambazi later wrote that he observed the creature from about 200 to 300 yards away for about a minute. Unquestionably, the figure and outline was exactly like a human being, walking upright and stopping occasionally to pull at some dwarf rhododendron bushes. It showed up dark against the snow and, as far as I could make out, wore no clothes. About two hours later, Tambazi and his companions descended the mountain and saw the creature's print. I'm sorry. (laughs) About two hours later, Tambazi and his companions descended the mountain and saw the creature's prints, described as similar in shape to those of a man, but only six to seven inches long by four inches wide. The prints were undoubtedly those of of a biped. Here's another photograph. Hold on. Share. Boom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, alleged Yeti footprint found by Three Michael... Three toes. I'm not done. Alleged Yeti footprint found by Michael Ward and photographed by Eric Shipton taken at Minlung Glacier on the 1951 Everest Expedition. Um, I don't know what that thing says in the top left corner. Oh, it's just... Okay. Uh, and then the other photograph was from 1937. It was Frank S. Smith's photograph. Mm-hmm. Printed in Popular Science in 1952. Western interest in the Yeti peaked dramatically in the 50s. While attempting to scale Mount Everest in 51, Eric Shipton took photographs of a number of large prints in the snow at about 6,000 feet. These photos have been subject to intense scrutiny and debate. Some argue they are the best evidence of Yeti's existence, while others contend the prints are those of a mundane creature that have been distorted by melting snow. Uh, Peter Byrne reported finding a Yeti footprint in 1948 in northern Sikkim, India, near the Zimu Glacier, while on holiday from a Royal Air Force assignment in India. 1953, Sir Edmund Hillary in Tenzing, Norway, Norgay, uh, reported seeing large footprints. He's neither straight nor gay. <laughs> Is, what, did you mean to say that? Yeah, his name's Norgay. Okay. So I said he's... you are trying to say Norway, and then you no. said Norgay. Uh, reported seeing large footprints while scaling Everest. Uh, Hillary would later discount Yeti reports as unreliable. In his first autobiography, Tenzing said he believed the Yeti was a large ape, and although he had never seen it himself, his father had seen it... W- seen one twice uh, but in a second biogra- autobiography he said he had become much more skeptical about his existence whoa mm-hmm. here is a, another picture it is a purported so, I haven't even sent it to you it is a accept it it is a purported yeti scalp at Kim Jung Monastery during the Daily Mail Snowman Exhibition of 1954, I know, the mountaineering leader John Angelo Jackson made the first trek from Everest to Kanchenjunga in the course of which he photographed symbolic paintings of Yeti at Tengbok Gompa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as we all know, Tengbok is a village. And, uh, oh, it looks, it looks gorgeous. And Gompa are Buddhist fortifications. And Kenshinchunga, it's the third high. It's the third highest mountain in the world. How do they measure mountains? A really long ruler, or like, yeah, okay. No. However, there were many large footprints which could not be identified. Oh, sorry. Jackson tracked and photographed many footprints in the snow, most of most most of which were identifiable. However, there were many ones that cannot be identified. These flattened footprints like indentations were attributed to erosion and subsequent widening of original footprint by wind and particles. And then here is a doctor examining the scalp, I believe. Another picture? Yeah. Oh, boy. That's Dr. Bizwamoy Bizwas. He's an Indian ornithologist. Um, What's so funny? Thank you. On March 19th, 1954, the Daily Mail printed an article which describes expedition teams obtaining hair specimen, specimens from what, what from what was yes. alleged to be a Yeti scalp found in the Pangbok Monastery. The hairs were black and dark to dark brown in color in dim light and fox red in sunlight. Uh, it was analyzed by Professor Frederick Wood Jones, an expert in human and comparative ato- anatomy. During the study, the hairs were bleached, cut into sections, and analyzed microscopically. The research consisted of taking micro photographs of the hairs and comparing them with hairs from unknown or from known animals such as bears and orangutans. 
Jones concluded that the hairs were not actually from a scalp. He contended that while some animals do have a ridge of hair extending from the pate to the back, no animals have a ridge, as in the pangboke scalp, running from the base of the forehead across the pate and the ending at the nape of the neck. Jones was unable to pinpoint exactly where the animal, exactly the animal from which the pango bears were taken. He was, however, convinced that the hairs were not of a bear or anthropoid ape. He suggests that the hairs were from the shoulder of a coarse hoofed animal. Coarse hair hoofed animal. Hooved? Yeah. Could they tell if it's like it was a biped or not? Mm, No. (laughs) Slawomir Rawix claimed in his book The Long Walk, published in 56, that as he and some others were crossing the Himalayas in the winter of 1940, their paths were blocked for for hours by two bipedal animals that were doing seemingly nothing but shuffling around in the snow. Uh, Beginning in 1957, Tom Slick funded a few missions to investigate Yeti reports. 1959, he he supposed uh, to have collected Yeti feces, or supposed Yeti feces were collected by one of his expeditions. I think it was his own poop. Fecal analysis found a parasite which cannot be classified. What? Uh, Apparently, Bigfoot has parasites in his bum bum. Mm. The United States, or Yeti, sorry. The, the United States government thought that findings, thought that finding the Yeti was likely enough to create three rules for American expeditions searching for it. Obtain a Nepalese permit, do not harm the Yeti except in self-defense, and let the Nepalese government approve any news reporting on the animal's discovery. 1959, actor James Stewart, while visiting India, reportedly smuggled the so-called Pangbok Hand by concealing it in his luggage when he flew from India to London. And the pang... Ooh. Oh, never mind. Is it mind. an actual hand? Uh, supporters contend that the hand is from a yeti, a scientifically unrecognized animal purported to live in the Himalayas. A finger bone from the hand was tested, and the DNA showed to be human. Mm. Although, as we know... Um, sorry. As we, as we know, uh, you know, for the yeti could be very closely related to us. And so it may be difficult to identify DNA if it's similar to us. Precisely. Excuse me while I have a drink of water. What are your thoughts on the Yeti so far? Um, Very elusive. (laughs) How did you do that? So I think the Yetis have a weird connection with the the monasteries or whatever. The Buddhist monasteries. Yeah. Um, I think that the the Buddhist you call them monks right monks I think that they have a weird connection with them and they're actually hiding them that's my theory going forward I think so too you well should, I think maybe you're gonna bandwagon monks, my theory no I think the monks are aware of them and they just don't want people to know but they're exactly. still gonna they're still gonna play dumb because like, the Yetis protect them yeah so in 1960 Sir Edmund Hillary he's back mounted the 1960-1961 Silver Hut expedition to the Himalayas, which was to collect and analyze physical evidence of the Yeti. Uh, he borrowed a supposed Yeti scalp from the Kumjung Monastery, then himself and Kumjo Chumbi, the village headman, brought the scalp back to London, where a small sample was cut off for testing. You've really given up on trying to pronounce these names, haven't that's you? That's Kumjo Chumbi. That's literally what it looks like. <laughs> I honestly don't think that's how you pronounce it. K-H-U-M-J-O. Let me see your no, I K H U M J O. K H U M J O. How would you how would you pronounce that? J O. Yes. K 
K H U M J O. How would you spell that? How would you pronounce that? K H U M J O. Mm-hmm. I need to read it. I can't picture it in my head. Are you serious? Yeah. Whatever. Uh, you're not let me read it. No. Okay. Marka Burns made a detailed examination of the sample of skin and hair from the margin of the alleged Yeti scalp and compared it with similar samples from the Ciro, Blue Bear, and Black Bear. I know there was a Blue Bear. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, Burns concluded the sample was probably made from the skin of an animal closely resembling the sampled specimen of Ciro, but definitely not identical with it. Possibly a local variety of race of the same species or a different but closely related species. Why is it that people assume that the Yeti is like this mythical creature that has no relation to any other animal on Earth? Why do people think that? It's clearly just another animal that's a part of Earth, but it's just really rare and it's human, human-like. Well, it, I mean, it could be just a distant, a distant ancestor. Yeah, you know. but like people are like, oh, it's gonna have like unique DNA and everything unrelated to anything else, or, or like people think that like, oh, since this is related to, since this isn't like its unique thing, it's not real. It's something else. People be stupid. I need to see, like Homo erectus habilis and sapien. I want to say the one that resembles. What? Look, (laughs) this is a Homo erectus, but they're not as hairy. They're covered in hair, I thought. Yeah. (coughs) Let's see about Habilis. Keep going. So, up to the 60s, belief in the Yeti was relatively common in Bhutan, Mm -hmm. and in 1966, a Bhutanese stamp was made to honor the creature. However, in the 21st century, uh, belief in the being ha- has declined. 1970, British mountaineer Don Willens claimed to have witnessed a creature when scaling Annapurna. He reported that he once saw it moving on all fours. In 1983, Himalayan conservationist Daniel C. Taylor and Himalayan nat- natural historian Robert L. Fleming Jr. led a Yeti expedition in Nepal's Barren Valley, suggested by discovery in the Barren in 1972 of footprints alleged to be Yeti by Cronin and McNeely. Um, the Taylor Fleming expedition also discovered a similar Yeti-like footprints, uh, hominoid appearing with both a hallux and bipedal gait, intriguing large nests in trees, and vivid reports from local villagers of two bears, uh, known as Rukbalu or tree bears, weighing about 150 pounds, and Buibalu, mm-hmm. a ground bear weighing about 400 pounds. Further interviews across Nepal gave evidence of local belief in two different bears. Skulls were collected. They were These were compared to known skulls at the Smithsonian, American Museum of Natural History, and the British Museum, and confirmed identi- identification of a single species, the Asiatic black bear, showing no morphological difference between the tree bear and ground bear. Uh, this despite an intriguing skull in the British Museum of a tree bear collected in 1869. Hmm. Oh, crap. Hold I have on. another theory. Uh-huh. So I believe mm-hmm. this is a possibility. I'm listening. Homo habilis was, I think, right before erectus, and then it we evolved You're, into Homo sapium. Don't ask me for any help. I'm not I'm asking. I'm, I'm, this is what I remember from my anthropology class. All right, I'm listening. Um, <laughs> so oh, you're so funny. Um, I think that Homo habilis, they were pretty hairy. But they looked a lot like apes. 
but I think their evolution path took a separate direction that we don't really we haven't discovered yet, and that is what a Sasquatch slash Yeti is. Sort of evolved into a bigger, much hairier. I don't, I don't even want to say more ape-like because it really isn't. Just besides the fact that they're covered in hair. But that's my other theory. That's my non-mythical theory. I think the one with the monastery is a little more mythical. So, I'll start bringing up another theory. Keep going. Okay. Hold on. If I can. I don't know. Those two theories Could are like very good. Get your mic away from your mouth. It is nauseating hearing it. Okay. Mr. Diva. We'll throw a temper tantrum. 2004, Henry G., editor of the journal Nature, uh, mentioned the Yeti as an example of folk belief deserving further study, writing the discovery that Homo florescensis florescensis Homo florescensis survived until so very recently in geological terms uh, makes it more likely that stories of other mythical human-like creatures such as yetis are founded on grains of truth. Uh, the Homo florescensis um, is a species of small archaic human that inhabited the island of Flores, Indonesia until the arrival of modern humans about 50,000 years ago. Um, they're known as hobbits. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like dwarfs? Like. Yeah. Uh, in December 2007, American television presenter Joshua Gates and his team, Destination Truth. What is that? That's uh, Homo florenzinius. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Reported finding a series of footprints in they the Everest. Small. Yeah, I know. In the Everest region of Nepal, resembling descriptions of Yeti. Each of the footprints measured 13 inches in length with five toes that measured a total of nine and a half, 9.8 uh, across. Casts were made of the footprints for further research. The footprints were examined by Jeffrey Meldrum of Idaho State University, who believed them to be too morphologically accurate to be fake or man-made, before changing his mind after making further investigations. Later in 2009, in a TV show, Gates presented hair samples with a forensic analysis concluding that the hair contained an unknown DNA sequence. Ooh. Uh, on July 25, 2008, the BBC reported that hairs collected in the remote Garo Hills area of northeast India by Deepu Marak had been analyzed at Oxford Brooks University in the UK by primatologist Anna Nakaris and microscopy expert John Wells. These initial tests were inconclusive, and ape conservation expert Ian Redman told the BBC that there was similarly sim, that there was similarity between the cuticle pattern of these hairs and specimens collected by Edmund Hillary during Himalayan expeditions in the 50s, and donated to the Oxford University Museum of Natural History, and announced planned DNA analysis. This analysis has since revealed that the hair came from the Himalayan goral. That was unintentional. Whoopsie. Uh, a group of Chinese scientists and explorers in the 2010 in, in 2010 proposed to renew searches in the Shinonjia Forestry District of Hubei Province, which was the site ex- of expeditions in the 80s and 70s. At a 2011 conference in Russia, participating scientists and enthusiasts occurred having 95 percent. 95% evidence of the Yeti's existence. However, this claim was disputed later. American anthropologist and, anatomist, and, and anatomist Jeffrey Meldrum, 
who was present during the Russian expedition, claimed the evidence found was simply an attempt by local officials to draw publicity. Uh, yet he was reportedly captured in Russia in 2011. Initially, the story claimed that a hunter reported having seen a bear-like creature trying to kill one of its sheep, but after he fired his gun, the creature ran into the forest on two legs. The story then claimed that Border, Patrol's, Border Patrol soldiers captured a hairy two-legged female creature similar to a gorilla that ate meat and was vegetarian uh, and vegetation. This was later revealed as a hoax or possibly a publicity stunt for charity. In April 2019, Stupid charities. an Indian Army mountaineering expedition team claimed to have spotted mysterious Yeti footprints measuring 81, 32 by 15 inches near the Makalu base camp. Possible explanations. Oh, jeez. The, the misidentification of Himalayan wildlife has been proposed as an explanation for some Yeti sightings, including the Chute, a land guru monkey living on lower altitudes, the Tibetan blue bear, or the Himalayan brown bear, also known as the red bear. A well-publicized expedition to Bhutan initially reported that a hair sample had been obtained, which by DNA analysis, Professor Brian Sykes could not be matched to any known animal. Uh, however, analysis later clearly showed the samples were from a brown bear and an Asiatic black bear. In 1986, South Tyrolean mountaineer Reynold Messner claimed in his autobiography, My Quest for the Yeti, that the Yeti is actually the endangered Himalayan brown bear or Tibetan blue bear, which can walk both upright and on all fours. For real? Apparently. Damn. Although the footprints, you know, bears don't have feet. Bears don't have feet. Or human feet. Or <laughs> do they? No, they have claws and paws. Okay. What's a foot? Um... I think it has something to do with the fact that we have a big, like a big toe kind of thing. That whole like Can toe complex. Click something on my laptop. The screen went dead. Nope. Slide it. Slide what? The the mouse pad. Yeah, that's Thank what you. it did. That's all I needed. But um, yeah. I mean, kind of just like our hands too. Hmm. The fact that we have a thumb, but like the the fact that. Like the reason we're bipeds is because we can we use our big toes to balance, and we can walk upright like that. I so see. I think that's the difference there. Huh. Science. In 1983. <laughs> thank you. Well, that was for me. Oh, thank you very much. In 1983, Barren Valley discoveries prompted three years of research on the tree bear possibility. Uh, from that research, the conclusion was that the Asiatic black bear, when about two years old, spends much time in trees to avoid attack by larger male bears on the ground. And during these tree period that may last two years, young bears train their inner claw outward, allowing an opposable grip. The imprint in the snow of a hind paw coming over the front paw that appears to have a hallux, especially when the bear is going slightly uphill. So the hind paw print extends the overprint backward, making a hominoid-appearing track, both in that it is elongated like a human foot, but with a thumb, quote-unquote, and in that a four-footed animal's gait now appears bipedal. This Yeti discovery, quote, in the words of National Geographic magazine editor Bill Garrett, uh, by on-site research sweeps away much of the smoke and mirrors and gives us a believable Yeti. What? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just about a park. 
2003, Japanese researcher and mountaineer Dr. Makoto Nabuka published the results of his 12-year linguistic study postulating that the word yeti is a corruption of the word medi, a regional dialect term for a bear. Uh, he claims the ethnic Tibetans fear and worship the bear as a supernatural being. His claims were subject to almost immediate criticism, and he was accused of linguistic carelessness. <laughs> Dr. Raj Kumar Pandey, he's a, a tank, who has researched both yetis and mountain languages, said it is not enough to blame tales of the mysterious beasts of the Himalayas on words that rhyme but mean different things. Some speculate these reported creatures could be uh, present-day specimens of the extinct giant ape, Gigantopithecus, I believe. What? However, the Yeti is generally described as bipedal, and most scientists believe Gigantopithecus to have been quadrupole, and so massive, and so massive that unless it evolved specifically as a bipedal ape, walking upright would have been even more difficult for the now extinct primitive prim- primate than it is for its extent, extant quadruple, quadrupedal relative, the orangutan. Oh, it's orangutan. Why do people say tang? Orangutan. It's not. It's orangutan. I don't think anybody says orangutan. Well, maybe there is. Is there not? No, there's the orangutan. Orangutan. The orang madan? The orang madan. Um, oh, sorry. My foot itches. In 2017, uh, a a analysis was published of the century-long Yeti literature, giving added evidence to the Ursus Tibetanus. I think an orangutan is a different... Google it. Yeah. Orangutan, large, long-armed ape of Borneo and Sumatra having aboro- okay, arboreal I, no, habits. No, I'm just saying, is orangutan a real word? Yeah. With orangutan. a G at the end? Yeah. And then orangutan is another thing? Mm-hmm. What? Didn't know that at all. Um, where was I? Oh. I think it's just the orangutan just refers to the apes of Borneo and Sumatra. Okay. Uh, so the uh, the analysis gave added evidence to the Ursus Tibetanus explanation building on the initial Barren Valley discoveries. Importantly, this book under the Oxford University imprint gave a meticulous explanation for the iconic Yeti footprint photographed by Eric Shipton in 1950, also the 1972 Corona McNeely print, as well as other unexplained Yeti footprints. To complete his this explanation, um, a never-before-published photograph w- in the archives of the Royal Geographical Society were was located and included scratch marks that are clearly Bare nail marks. Uh, and in pop culture, Clearly. the Yeti is extremely popular. I mean, we don't need to go into that too much. And to this day, from what it looks like, no real um, guaranteed, much like the Bigfoot, there's not a whole lot of proof. But not really a whole lot of... Um, Oh, I guess not, there's not proof for or against it, is what I'm trying to say. Hmm. So it just doesn't exist. Is, are aliens more real than Bigfoot and the Yeti? Um, no. No? I think Bigfoot is... I think 
whatever the creature is is 100% real. It's just not been discovered fully because think about this. Wouldn't you think it would have been discovered already? No, think about this, okay? There's probably thousands of species in the ocean we have not discovered yet. Yeah, but that's the ocean. But we haven't explored most of the ocean. We've explored most of the land. Different playing fields. No. Different playing fields. There's, but like I think I think there's a chance. Well, yeah, there's always a chance. It is dark in here. Yeah. Spooky. I am so tired. Because mm. you're <laughs> you're reclined back with a blanket. Shit. Yeah. My legs are so warm. I'm about to get in bed and play some Xbox. You don't want to watch Shameless? Oh shit, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think it's real. Yeah. I think some form I don't think to the extent of I believe in Bigfoot was when like people were like there's like all, fa- there's like families of them and they're super humanoid and they communicate with us and everything. I think they're just like a some form of ape that we haven't discovered fully or that we thought was extinct and we just haven't even like thought of yet maybe. Mm-hmm. But I think um sorry. I think I think B- Yeti is real. I think the Bigfoot is more real. I think it's definitely a... I would think that the Yeti is more real just because it's kind of harder to explore those regions that we believe it lives in. Because we've already explored most of where, you know, a Sasquatch would live in. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. So then, yeah, maybe maybe flip that. The Yeti... Oklahoma's the wrong state to look for a Sasquatch in, just saying. That's just my opinion. I think you'd have more luck down here in Alabama to find a Sasquatch than in Oklahoma. But, you know, whatever. Not like it. Whatever. But, but yeah, so I'm going to, I'm going to go with this theory Mm -hmm. of a distant relative or ancestor of Homo sapien, whether it's Homo habilis or some other thing that I haven't seen before. And it sort of branched off, and we just haven't found that genetic path yet. I think it's safe. Sorry. Well, shut up. I'm thinking you want to you want to take you want to take my theory to another level. Uh, I'm thinking it's just like an ant, some form of ape humanoid type thing that we thought was extinct that never actually ended up going extinct. <laughs> nice. And yeah, that's really it. Uh, I don't think they're as like mythical or whimsical as people think. I think they're just an animal that we just haven't been able to discover yet. It'd be cool, if but it the was idea, magical. yeah, the idea of that is why it's so popular. Well, I think I think it was definitely worshipped as a god or a deity, probably by the Tibetan people. Yeah. Do you think the that and Bigfoot are related? Oh yeah. I mean, it's just like how. Like different humans evolved, like we're still all human, but we just evolved in order to adapt to our our different climates. Um, Basically, like I'd think that Sasquatch probably has less fur than a Yeti does. Oh, just what color do you think the Yeti is? White. Think so? Probably. I think he's like. I think so. I don't think he's white. I think he's like a brown. He's definitely white. The brownish black fur. There's no way he's white. It may be like a you grayish be able to see him. white fur. 
Gray, I can see gray. Yeah. I'll take gray. But I think I'm gonna take gray. Yeah. That's my final answer, Alex. Trebek. What is gray? It's the mix between black and white. Well no, I was answering it like Jeopardy. Oh. Fucking idiot. <laughs> that was just a dumb joke. It That's wasn't. You said Alex and I took it to the next level. Or you brought it down a level. No, I didn't. I was gonna... Oh my god. Is that yeah. Aaron Her- no. Uh, the, What's his dead. name? Hernandez. What's his real name though? I don't fucking know. It's something Hernandez. Any more thoughts about uh this before we wrap it up here? Uh no. No? Well, he shouldn't have gotten all those stupid tats. Oh my god, I'm talking about the Yeti, not Takash no. thing. Takash. All oh, right. Well. well, where can they find us on Instagram? Uh, at nightswims dot podcast. And if you want to hear more about the Yeti, what what uh, what can they expect to hear from your topic tomorrow? Uh, kind of literally the same thing. Really? Yeah. Shit. Not really. Ah. Uh. It's more kind of like a storyline kind of thing. So I'll be telling a story. Ooh. Um, it has to do with Ooh. Army Special do Forces. The, do the one. Ooh. Thank you. It's kind of biblical, and it has to do with Army Special Forces. I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, thank you all for listening. I've been Jackson. I've been Douglas. And he's been lame. <laughs> And uh, that we've been talking about the Yeti. And uh, happy Sunday evening. You'll probably listen to this on a later date. It's it's 5.30, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say. Uh, Quick word association. All right. Apple. Orange. Scissors. <laughs> Tangerine. Orange. Laptop. Computer. Table leg. Table. Santa Claus. Dead. Abercrombie. Fitch. Fitch. Fetch. Dog. Cute. Bunny. Puntable. Orangutan. Ape. Thank you. Yeti.